When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. We're back here on Purple Daily. Matthew Collar along with Courtney Cronin. Manny Hill is producing. And something we do around this time each week on Purple Daily, we force Manny to make a list of stuff. And it is usually either eight or nine things. Sometimes he tries to sneak a tenth in there, but we do not let him get away with that. He almost did that before the Super Bowl. He was trying. I mean, it's hard. I we tried were picking very hard. Just, gotta, Out of 52 games, we were trying to whittle it down to eight or nine. Yeah, I, I would have well, given you the 10th. If I was in charge here, I would have let you have your 10th. Disagree. Uh, so, Manny, what is today's list? Today's list of uh, eight or nine things is uh, a list of my favorite multi-sport athletes. And the key part of all of these uh, guys that I have on this list is that they all played uh, football professionally. Okay. So, so that, that's the number one uh, requirement of all of these guys. Wait, so we're automatically from the jump ruling out Michael Jordan? Yes. Yes. Because this is a football show. Can I leave? Like, come on, Manny. Ba- okay. Listen. Listen. Listen here, Chicago. Today if you do. Listen here, Chicago. <laughs> okay. Michael Jordan was. He's bad a medi- mediocre, baseball. mediocre baseball player. Okay. No, he was okay. bad. He was very bad. He was very, very bad. Very bad. Also, and football show. It's fine. It's wait, fine. wait. Watch this, Manny. Give yourself some football music. So it would get yeah, it would get football, me in the right mindset. Football music, football show, topic. Developed from a football player, Kyler Murray. I think he is well within his rights. Baseball player. He is well within his rights to make this including only football players. Fine, I digress. (laughs) Courtney, you'll be happy though. It is a list of nine things. There you go. Yes. You always like nine, right? I do. It was eight last week in your absence. Okay. So So you just couldn't go on without me. You just were like, I got to cut this list short. So this is your nine favorite multi-sport athletes who played football. Yes, and it's not in any particular order. So I just. Listed nine guys. Uh, Randy Moss. Is that against the rules? Is it against the rules? It's, yeah, I make the you rules. Don't have to, like have a countdown. Listen, I give you. I let you have one rule that right. it's not okay. going to be ten. All right, all right? but all right. the rest of the rules are mine. Uh, Randy Moss immediately comes to mind. Very good uh, high school basketball player. Probably could have gotten a uh, Division One scholarship playing basketball, but obviously we know how good of a football player he was. Okay, can I throw a flag right away? Why? Everyone's good at stuff in high school. 
Like all yeah, these players, but, they played in the NFL. You used guys who were good in high school, or did you just want to include Randy Moss? I just wanted to include Randy okay, Moss. Okay, all right, fair, course. fair. As long as yeah. you're straightforward And he was about a multi-sport it. athlete that could have played college and basketball he if he wanted to. with Jason Williams. Yes. White chocolate. White chocolate, yeah. Okay, I'll give you Randy Moss. Uh, Tony Gonzalez actually played college basketball at Cal Berkeley. He did. He was so, doing both, right? At the same time. Like he I would go from so, like season yeah. to season, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, Hall of Famer, Tony Gonzalez. Yes. Uh, John Elway, very good baseball <laughs> right. player. and um, uh, Nearly decided to stick with baseball, or at least so he claimed, as opposed to playing for the Baltimore Colts. Mm-hmm. And I Can was, you imagine that now, by the way, if John Elway was trying to, like, stiff arm, you know, just like... <laughs> You know, I'm going to play baseball, guys. I'm not going to play for whoever. Like, what his Twitter mentions would look like. Even with Eli Manning, there are people who are still mad at Eli Manning for not playing for the Chargers, right? Right. And even though it worked out great for them, they yeah. got Phillip Rivers. He's good. He's probably a borderline I think Hall people are more mad just about the circumstances around that and that he whined and his yeah. dad took care of it. Same thing. That's the thing with Elway is that he would yeah. have been yeah. looked at as the biggest whiner ever if he had claimed he was going to play baseball unless they traded him. Uh, Jim Brown immediately comes to mind. Jim Brown was actually a very good lacrosse player. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was, he was a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal multi-sport athlete, and obviously one of the greatest running backs of all time. I wonder what running back he would most be like today. Would he have been like Leonard Fournette, but just with guys who weren't as big and just like ran over everyone? Like well, he, was he was that was... size, but linebackers were that size. Yeah. I mean, he was, I mean, he wasn't. Just that, like he was big, like he was tall too. Like he was a good six two, six three, I think, and about two hundred and thirty plus pounds. So I guess he might have been like AP. Yeah, probably minus the fumbles. You said it. Probably would have caught the ball in the backfield <laughs> and pass blocked a little bit better. I, too. I don't want to anger the eleven people who still think Adrian Peterson is the best running back in the league. <laughs> Are those the same eleven people who think he's going to retire as a Viking? Yes, oh, they, they think no. They think he should play for the Vikings next year. This discussion came up the other day. Yeah. There are real people who think oh, that yeah. they should re-sign Adrian Actual Peterson. This is why I hate, uh, the off season needs to end because of those arguments. <laughs> February twelfth. The off season has a long way to go. It's just, it's just <laughs> I consider the end of the off season the combine for what it's worth. That's what I mean by that. Okay. So what, what are we at right now? I what? have no idea. We have uh, five remaining. Okay. okay. Antonio Gates. What did Basketball. He, basketball? Yeah. yeah. Actually, Tight ends and basketball, they go along yeah. together. Yeah. Uh, number four, one of my favorite football players of all time. He just announced his retirement a couple of weeks ago. Julius Peppers actually walked on yep. at the University of North, North Carolina. It was basically like a power forward for them. And, uh, yeah, obviously a Hall of Fame uh, defensive end. I think Julius Peppers goes under the list of most criminally underrated NFL players. Yes. Ever? Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a, one of my all-time favorite Remember how favorite much flat players. Carolina got for drafting him where they did? And how I that worked out for that? that? Yeah. He was like third, third mm-hmm. overall in 2000. Trying to remember who they were. There was an argument. Like, they were all like, there were a bunch of people in the fan base who were cranky that they picked him over someone else. I'm just trying to remember who that was now. But yeah, it seemed to work out. I'll look, I'll look up that draft. It was 2002, I think. Uh, number three, Russell Wilson. Obviously, baseball, baseball player and yep. obviously one of the best quarterbacks in uh, in the NFL and probably could play baseball professionally if he wanted to. But, uh, yeah. Is he going to be down in Florida at spring training? I know I saw an interview that he did on NFL Live before the Super Bowl. I didn't know if that was like a, if he's going to go down there and just like learn. Like, you know, he likes to be in that system, you know, learn from the inside the Yankees organization. But is that happening? I don't know. Are they paying him? 
Like, I, I mean, the, the Seattle, I mean, not the Yankees if he comes and takes ground balls with them. I mean, like, is Seattle going to They've got to. Pay him? I think they've they got have to. Because yeah. he, he worked out with, like, the Rangers a yes. couple of years yes. ago, right? And he last year he was last minor year, league games. I last think. year he yeah. was down at spring training um, in the Clearwater area. That's where uh, the that's where the Yankees have their spring training. So when he was in college, because it's a weird thing, right? That if you are a football player, you could still play professional baseball, you, and you and you can get drafted too. Yeah, like obviously, I mean, unless you declare like differently, but yeah, there are a lot that happens. That means Kyler Murray. He hit uh, two twenty nine. Did have a three fifty four on base percentage though, so mm. he's taking pitches a lot of walks in okay. uh, ninety three minor league games at the A level for Russell Wilson. Analytics folks in baseball will like that because he draws a lot of walks. 710 OPS. This is way better than any of us could do. <laughs> uh, just two left, and uh, both of these guys actually did play uh, baseball and football professionally and had significant roles in those particular sports. Number two is Bo Jackson. He's not for, number one? Well, you know who my number one is going to be now. Now I, just I do. spoiled it, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, Bo Jackson played for the Royals. Made an all-star team with the Royals. Had a and, banana's uh, arm. Yeah. And, I always uh, wondered, had a good great bat break. I always wondered if Bo Jackson, like if it was today, if he would have played quarterback. Because of the arm. I mean, he just would have been unstoppable. Like He could run with the ball and run over people. He was big. Take off. Huge you, human being. Yeah. If he, he was Yasiel Puig before Yasiel Puig was, was Yasiel Puig. He would have been like probably like Cam Newton, right? Yeah. I mean, just the ability as a quarterback to truck people. Only he was way faster than Cam Newton. Cam Newton ran like a 4-7. Bo's like a 4-2. And your number one is Deion Sanders, of I would course. assume? Uh, did, obviously, Deion Sanders. And I, yes, I know what you're getting ready to ask. I did watch it last night, the you, 30 for 30. You did. Did you, Courtney? Yeah. Did, did you not. see the 30 for 30? It was on good. my list. You know, my, my favorite part of that was just sort of the background on Tim McCarver and how baseball is just so not cool in so many ways. <laughs> and like... So he, he, McCarver killed him for doing the thing where he played in the baseball game and the football game in one day and was just like over the top aggressive with criticizing Deion Sanders for doing this. And so after they won to go to the World Series, Deion Sanders threw ice water on Tim McCarver. And McCarver still hasn't let it You're go. You're a real man, Dion. Yeah, he still hasn't let it go. And I just thought of like the finger wagging at Dion Sanders. I would hope that if someone was doing this today, we would have just had so much more fun with it. Like, oh, this guy is doing both. This is so cool. Let's have a great time with it. There would have been lots of debate, but I think most people would have thought this is awesome he, as opposed to the way they felt then. He played, I think it was game four of the NLCS on a Saturday for the Braves. Flew down and, and it was in the game was in Pittsburgh because they were playing the Pirates. Flew down to Miami like early Sunday morning to play for the Falcons against the Dolphins. And then after that game was over, got on another plane, flew back to Pittsburgh for game five of the NLCS. Good Lord. And ended up not playing in in game five for the Braves, but yeah, because he, they were mad, basically. Yeah, they were they were ticked off at him. But well, thank you, Manny. That is Manny's list, list of eight or nine things, and this week it turned out to be nine. I thought about including Tim Tebow on the list, but he's like not one of my favorite athletes. So Tebow, so you know who? No, else? Adam Thielen either. I mean, he's a state champion golfer. Mm-hmm. We brought up high school athletes and with Randy Moss earlier. I would replace Randy Moss if we were going to make a hard and fast rule about high school not counting. With probably Donovan McNabb, who was a member of the Syracuse Orange basketball okay, team. Okay, yeah, that's right. I don't think he was a good Syracuse Orange basketball player, but that was when they like had good teams. Syracuse didn't, doesn't really anymore. Didn't Courtney? You're you're a Hoosier. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't Antoine Wendell play for Played, the 
Yeah, basketball he played basketball and, and he played football. Yeah, I thought about him too. The one thing that's interesting, because we talk about, you know, these two sport athletes. Remember last week how the um the Chiefs GM came out and said, We're gonna nip this in the bud with Patrick Mahomes just like, you know, joking around, playing basketball. Why why is there a double standard for I mean, I know knee injuries and ACLs and all of that, but like Russell Wilson's allowed to go he's been to spring training, he's done a lot of stuff, you know, outside of football. Why is that okay for a quarterback and basketball's not? I mean, there's the obvious ACL thing. Turning the ankle, too. I know, but... Aaron Boone, man. Aaron Boone. That's why. Because Aaron Boone played basketball and broke his ankle or whatever he did to his ankle. Tore his ACL. Playing basketball, and then the Yankees went out and got Alex Rodriguez after that. I think that's why. Because even if it's just a random freakish thing, that happening, that chance with Pat Mahomes... It's kind of like with uh, Roethlisberger. Most people can ride motorcycles without smashing their face into something, but you still are like, let's not ride any more motorcycles. So I would put that in the contract, too. Just too valuable. Uh, thank you, Manny, for the list. I welcome. wanted to ask you, Courtney, about Sheldon Richardson. Um, speaking of someone with motor problems, um, however you want to phrase that, in the past. But Sheldon Richardson was a choir boy this year for the Vikings. Did not have any off-the-field issues, as had been in his past. And he was he was good. I would not say that he was one of the top three techniques in the NFL, but he played well, and overall their defensive numbers on the on the line, his pressure stats, their team sack numbers, all those things were good. How much would it take, do you think, to bring him back, and how much would you be willing to pay? Well, can you make those numbers match up? I think you can. I think because if we're looking at this and, and trying to figure out where they can create some cap room right now, because they are one of the most strapped teams, one of the top five most strapped teams, along with the Eagles. Um, I think the Rams are pretty strapped for cash. I mean, there's 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 going to be a lot of movement, I think, to be able to try to make things work, to be able to retain guys. The first thing you think, okay, Anthony Barr's gone. So... There you, there you have a little bit of cap space. I mean, where's your priority here? I think your priority has to be on a three-technique position because that makes the entire defensive line go. I mean, that is, in my opinion, the most important position along the front four for, for a Mike Zimmer defense. I mean, that's the reason he put such a high emphasis on finding a three-technique last year when you know you go out and you get your million dollar, you know, $84 million quarterback, and then the next day... It's it's you have to shore up the defensive line. They wanted to be able to have an eight man rotation. Did they really get there? I don't think we can say that, but they was that was number one priority with the defensive line. I don't think that you want to keep having a revolving door at that position. Tom Johnson's going to be thirty five years old, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if they, even if they did bring him back. I don't really know if Jaleel Johnson has come along. I mean, you clearly didn't trust him enough in certain situations. You know, last year, I mean, to even be getting that much playing time as, you know, somebody coming off the bench. Jalen Holmes, I mean, they, they take him from being an, you know, an edge rusher to an inside presence to be learning under Sheldon Richardson. Who knows where his development's at? I just don't think that when you have such a clear option here of somebody who is going to probably go where the money is. Um, so he's going to want a good offer. I just think that you have to try, try your hardest to keep him here and whether you can make that money match up. I mean, he's going to be 27 years old. He's going to be entering the prime of his career. Did he get the sack numbers that he wanted to potentially jump his market value? No. But sack numbers, as we as we know with interior line... Pressure numbers were great. Pressure numbers were fantastic. The... 
times that you see just that athletic ability he has that is so rare of how he can just get outside and chase quarterbacks to the perimeter, I don't think you let that go. And, and I have said this all offseason long. I think he's got to be your top priority. Over Anthony Barr. Over mean. Anthony yeah. Barr, yes. The price is where it gets real tricky because I think Sheldon Richardson looks at himself as one of the top players at the position. I'm not sure that's reality. Uh, in terms of getting after the passer, he was good. The run defense is just so-so. I, I don't know if you need a true run stuffer there um, to create some sort of Williams wall redux, but you need maybe a little more than he gave you for the top price. I think uh, if he's looking for somewhere in the range of 8 to $10 million, that would make sense. If you're talking about 13 to 15 where that highest air of defensive tackles is, that might be really tough for them to afford. And there also could be a name that ends up on the free agent market that could be really intriguing to the Vikings, and that's Gerald McCoy, mm-hmm. who Mike Zimmer would have familiarity with and who the Vikings have played before and had him be really good. Uh, he might get cut by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to save cap space if that happens. That would be another option for the Vikings. And then there's always the rotation thing. You know, when they were number one in defense in 2017, they rotated Shamar Stefan and Tom Johnson. And it wasn't perfect, but they were able to fill in that spot, create a lot of third down pressure with Tom Johnson, stuff the run on first down with Shamar Stefan. They might have to do something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's, and if you look at guys that are, you know, potential cap casualties, they can go find someone somewhere else. And I, and I think, to your point about Sheldon thinking that maybe he is in that realm of being one of the top players in, you know, in the league. I mean, his numbers don't necessarily add up. I mean, yes, as we talk about sack numbers don't mean everything, but there's no Pro Bowl this year. There's there's other mitigating factors that could have an impact on his salary, but he did sign a one-year contract here as a prove-it year. Um, and, and that makes sense for somebody who wants to go out and try to land their next big deal. I think he's going to get it either way. But if I'm Minnesota, I don't, I don't know right now if you if you you know with the with other moving pieces that could potentially be happening on the defensive line, i.e. Everson Griffin and, and and what the type of cap savings you could have if you if you move on from him, I think that you can allot that money for a guy like Sheldon Richardson who's only going to keep getting better. I mean, we saw, you know the priority that was placed on getting him here last year and how good he was in this system, I don't think that that's just something that you want to potentially come to you know quarrels with you know over financials. 651-646-8255 is the phone number. You are listening to Purple Daily. Your teammate at ESPN, Bill Barnwell, put together a cool list of some free agents and how they could be the off-season dominoes. I oh, wanna- yeah. It's a nice interactive piece, too. It is. Yeah, you click and it does stuff. Comes up with a big list. Lots of different options if the guy signed in a bunch of different places. So Teddy Bridgewater is on this list and a few other players that could be at least in the thought process of the Vikings, though they don't get a shout out uh, in this article. But some of these players could be at least in their mind. And I want to talk to you about that when we come back next. So feel free to give us a call. If you've got a thought on Sheldon Richardson, do you think that he would be worth it for the Vikings to bring back? Probably requiring top dollar 651-646-8255. You're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Game time all the time. Scorenorth.com.
on Purple Daily. Matthew Collar along with Courtney Cronin, Manny Hill producing a really fun piece on the front page of ESPN where you can click somebody's name, one of these free agents who are coming up, and also Joe Flacco is not a free agent but will probably be traded by the Ravens. And then when you click a team that they could go to, uh, it shows you the domino effect of that signing and what would be likely to happen. So one of the players that is included here is Teddy Bridgewater. And so the three teams that are listed for Bridgewater are Jacksonville, the New York Giants, and New Orleans Saints. So if you click on each one of those, it then gives you an idea of what could happen as a domino effect from that. So, for example, if he signs with the Jaguars, Bill Barnwell thinks that then Blake Bortles would probably be let go, sign somewhere else. The Raiders would draft Kyler Murray, he thinks, after that, and Oakland would trade Derek Carr to Washington. Uh, it is amazing to think about the domino effects. Do you think that these are the right three teams for Teddy Bridgewater for them to pick Jacksonville, the Giants, and then staying with New Orleans? I think those are probably the most realistic right now. I mean, you could probably throw Washington in there. They need a quarterback. Like, I mean, you're looking at, I don't think any teams out of the realm of possibility. I mean, find a trade partner and anything can happen from there. I mean, they've, they're planning without Alex Smith for 2019. They need to get a quarterback. So I was kind of surprised that that was not in there. I mean, Jacksonville, wouldn't it have been amazing had they just figured this out a year ago? If they had even signed Case Keenum, yes. they're probably in the conversation they're, for they're, the playoffs. Yes. And I mean, that's how bad Bortles was. And, that I mean, I think that's a perfect spot for him. I think that that would be a very good spot for Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, the offense is kind of a mess right now, and John DeFilippo now is going to be tasked with kind of fixing that. Yes. I don't think I don't actually think he and Teddy overlapped no, here at all. I mean, I don't think they would have. I mean, but he was a part of that conversation. I mean, he at least knows because they were all in that room together figuring out who the quarterback of the future for the Vikings was going to be last February after he became the offensive coordinator here. So I could see that. I mean, he'd have some history there. I mean, very briefly, just in terms of the evaluation process. But, um, you know, I think with, with you know, run game down there like they have um, and kind of like what's up in the air with that. I mean, Teddy can Teddy can make a lot happen. And I think that, you know, Jacksonville being that first team there, I mean, I don't know if these were in any sort of order. Um, I think Jacksonville and New Orleans seem to make the most sense for me. I like the idea of Teddy Bridgewater staying with New Orleans because when I go to these other teams and think about where they're at, uh, Miami is not listed here, but they're probably going to cut Ryan Tannehill. That would be really attractive to Teddy Bridgewater, but Miami is also a bus fire. I mean, they are just in really tough shape. They change coaches again. They don't have a ton of cap space, even though you'd think they would with not winning anything. I like the idea of him staying in New Orleans and just waiting it out and being patient there until Drew Brees decides to retire. If Brees plays yep. one more year, then he could walk away after that and you could hand it right over to Bridgewater. And it wouldn't be quite as good of a situation because teams get old, but you'd probably still have Michael Thomas there. That offensive line isn't going anywhere that most of the guys are uh, in their in good shape and in their primes. That is, organization is also good uh, overall. I know that Vikings fans would not agree with that, but because of Drew Brees and Sean Payton's pretty consistent success there, 
that would be a good place to go. Now, what's interesting about this Barnwell piece is he lists like what would happen if. Mm-hmm. So if he signed to stay in New Orleans, it's, he it, thinks that's the best case scenario for I think several other teams in the NFL because what he has says that he'd stay there on a two-year deal. Then Nick Foles goes down to Jacksonville where mm-hmm. he gets to reunite with John Filippo, And I mean, that that to me seems like the best situation for Jacksonville overall. Um, but, you know, there's... I, I think that that's probably your best case scenario because then, you know, the Giants, kind of how they figure, how they fit in here, what he has in this scenario is that... So we've got Bridgewater staying in New Orleans on a two-year deal. Foles going to Jacksonville on a three-year, forty-two million dollar deal. The Broncos signed Josh McCown. I don't. Is he, do we know? Is he playing? Is he gonna? I don't know. Is he, he should 40? just be the, he, the Jets should have just hired Josh McCown as their head coach. I know, right? Just keep him on staff. Not um, Adam Gase. Are you then, kidding me? I mean, this is you know John Elway trying for like the. 79th time to figure out the quarterback situation there. So they have him drafting Drew Locke. Drew Locke is um, a Broncos style quarterback. And like, then where the Giants, yeah, and where the Giants fit in is that they trade a seventh round pick for Case Keenum. So it's all tied there together. Um, I just want to see how many teams Josh McCown ends up playing for before he's done. Do we, what, what's the, what are we at he, right now? He's like got to be up to like nine, or at least nine or 10. Yeah. Did you ever see the picture of his daughters wearing all of his jerseys? No. And their friends. They had the, the, the his daughters got their friends in wear a jersey to school day at their high school to wear a Josh McCown jersey. He has played for, and this has just gotten into games. So he's played for other teams. He has played for Arizona, Chicago, Carolina, Cleveland, the New York Jets, Oakland, and Tampa Bay. Seven. That's just getting into games. So he could get a few more. He, you know, a couple more there. Um, <laughs> Well, the the Josh McCown part is inconsequential, but them trading Case Keenum would be pretty interesting. And, and I mean, yeah, he gets to reunite with Pat Shermer. So my question for you is, do you think that Nick Foles is going to be good Like after this? Because the way he played at the end of this year and in the playoffs, he had his moments. He got Philadelphia into the postseason, won the big games as usual, and led a game-winning drive and then almost led another game-winning drive except for... Uh, an interception, just the ball going through Elshon Jeffrey's hands, but he was on the way to sending Philadelphia to the NFC Championship, possibly, with with a great drive there. I just wonder, is it a Philadelphia thing for him where it worked out with Doug Peterson and that situation and everything just was right? Or is he going to go to Jacksonville and succeed? I think he's really it's really hard to tell with him. And this argument came up last year when he wins Super Bowl MVP and people are wondering, okay, well, you know, Philly always finds himself in salary cap hell. They're going to have to unload him. And they don't because they're like, well, we don't know if Carson Wentz is going to come back uh, right away. And, and he didn't. You know, that was you know a smart insurance bet for them to be able to hold on to him. But I still think that that lightning in a bottle argument is associated with a guy like Nick Foles just because of how up and down by and large, his career has been since he entered the league in 2012 and how good he was and just some of the records that he broke and then where you saw kind of him level out. And can you remain, can that remain consistent? I don't know. But I do think that if you are reunited with the person to help you get to the Super Bowl in the first place when your quarterback goes down in week 14 or whatever it was, I don't think that's a bad situation. I think Jacksonville might be, you know, if, if, if you know, obviously when they like they exercise the option now, the process goes, you know, for what he has to do. I don't think that's the best. I, I don't think that's, I think that's probably the best spot for him outside of Philadelphia. Yeah. I just don't ever believe in Doug Marone as 
any listeners of the station would know about that from my experience having covered Doug Marone. And it seems like that could be another one and done for John Filippo if they don't oh, succeed. Absolutely. And maybe Nick Foles is just a better quarterback for what John Filippo wants to do than Kirk Cousins was, where Cousins needs the Shanahan system to succeed and Foles would be better running the RPOs and things like that that John Filippo I think, wants to have. Um, but I don't know about the weapons that they're going to have there, the offensive line that they're going to have there. And Leonard Fournette has proven to me that he's just not really what anyone thought he was going to be. They thought he was going to be the second coming of Adrian Peterson, and he just isn't. They can tackle him, it seems. So I, I don't think it's a great situation. Anybody who goes there, I, I would put up red flags for Teddy, too. Like anybody who goes there. Like, be warned that it's Jacksonville and, and your, it's head, Doug Marone. your head coach is not really <laughs> done that well. He had the year they went deep into the playoffs. And other than that, in his career as a head coach, it's it's very questionable. And even then, they botched the game management against the Patriots to allow New England to go to the Super Bowl. So They, they, they have such little cap space in Jacksonville. Yeah. Like, I mean, to be able to get more weapons when they've spent a lot of money on the defensive side of the ball in the last few years... Um, I just don't think it's an attractive option for a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, except for Nick Foles. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Teddy would have made sense a year ago, but if I'm if I'm a free agent, if I'm shopping the market, I don't want to go to a place where I think the staff's gone in a year because I think that I don't know. I mean, Jacksonville is not in a much better like if we're looking at you know John D. Filippo moving down there. If we're comparing the Viking situation to Jacksonville situation, I don't think it's much more attractive. I think it's honestly kind of worse. And if I'm a free agent and I'm going down there, I'm expecting probably that that's the one coaching staff that I'm going to work with for a year and then I'm going to have an entire new plate. And what kind of deal do you want to sign with that? I mean, I don't know. It seems like a lot. Nick Foles is so interesting to me because I it's it's hard to really tell like what you're going to get out of him. Because mm-hmm. the success that he's had in Philadelphia the last two years has been sort of this lightning in a bottle and he just fell into the right situation and it just worked out because the head coach there is really good. But I wonder if you put him in a situation where he's asked to be a starter for a full 16 game season. Mm-hmm. I mean, and people forget the year the Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl. He was terrible yeah. in the last couple of games that he started in the regular season. He didn't catch fire until, until the actual playoffs, but he was, I remember that game against the Raiders where he was, he was brutal and everybody was like, Oh, the Eagles are done. So I don't know. It's it's a, Nick Foles is really hard to predict. You yeah. guys wanna you guys wanna play a game? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got some NFL music over there, Manny. I, I should can, warn you first. I can fire some up. I okay, good. Some. I got a. Whole I just anytime there. we're gonna play any sort of game, it's like it, it helps me to have do 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 or something. Perfect. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a team, and I want you two to tell me who their quarterback is gonna be next year. Okay. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Why didn't you have that song? <laughs> Miami Dolphins, the greatest football team. When he came here for the playoff game. Who's that? Oh, um, T-Pain. T-Pain, I yeah. kind of wanted him to sing that. There is a T-Pain version of that song. Who is the Miami Dolphins quarterback next year? I think they probably hang on to Tannehill yeah, was, for yeah, one more year. I was thinking year. that same thing, too. If they cut him, things get really interesting. And they who's could their be ba- the team. Who's their backup quarterback? They have been, I don't it's know. like Matt Moore or something yeah, last year. Yeah, it might still be Matt Moore. Um, yeah, no. They could be in the Kyler Murray conversation of trading everything up to get Kyler Murray. Okay, Washington football squad. Ooh. Because Alex Smith ain't coming back. There was a no. video of him in the Washington Wizards locker room like 
greeting some of the players, and he had a cage around his leg. It wasn't oh, like yeah. a cast. No, I, it I was saw. Disturbing. I saw the photo of him at the game where he's like sitting up in the suite. I mean, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're pl- not planning on him being back in 19. You know, it'd be really interesting. Jay Gruden needs a quarterback. Do you think he'd take Kirk Cousins back now oh, if they could somehow find a trade partner and unload half his salary and leave, <laughs> leave for the rest of the segment? You're you're banned. Oh man, they're not trading Kirk Cousins back to Washington. Uh, I'm gonna say Colt McCoy. <laughs> I'm gonna say Colt McCoy. You think so? They just stick yeah. with McCoy. What about he's, maybe, he's, maybe coming, off, he's coming off what an ACL? Now would they be a Dwayne Haskins type of team? Would they be a draft a quarterback team or where Kyler? They, where are they picking at? Well, it's got to be toward the top. Are they in the top ten? No, because they went with, what, 7-9? Seven, 7-9. Nine? Seven nine. They would be like a trade-up, like a Miami trade-up. Mm-hmm. I think they're probably in the Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray argument. Teddy would have to consider it. They're not, okay, they're a disastrous franchise, but they're not a disastrous team right now. They're picking 15th. 15th, so that would be tough. They'd have to mm-hmm. trade up if they wanted one of the top quarterbacks. I think Teddy is a realistic possibility to be in Washington, which how weird is that? If that happened, be like Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, Teddy Bridgewater in Washington. Maybe that'd bring be, Teddy in, let him and Colt sort of compete. That'd be, yeah, I mean, right. But Colt's coming off the, like the ACL, McCoy. like you said, Yeah, so right? are, we, are we sure that he's going to be able to play in 2019? Because he like, tore his right ACL late in the season, yes, too. It, remember, yeah. that's the reason they had to get Mark Sanchez in there. So, um, could, what that about, went well. What about Drew Locke? <laughs> Could you see that I they, could. they could take him at 15? Yes. He yes. would be there. Okay. Definitely could. So with the Jaguars, we all agree Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Nick Foles, yeah. How about the Denver Broncos? Is it Case Keenum again, or are they just so grossed out with what they saw from Case Keenum that they would trade him or that they would draft a quarterback here? I think John what, what Elway is do? so grossed out by his own evaluation of quarterback talent that uh, he's just going to try to keep moving on at any possible window he gets to do that. And I like the I like the argument that Barnwell had where they go get Drew Locke because he'll be there. Where are they picking? They're at um, 10. 10. They could be in the Kyler yep. Murray argument, too. Yep. He Definitely. could be there at 10. How about uh, the Oakland Raiders? Is it Derek Carr? Yes. I think it'll they be Derek moved Carr. Out, they, they would, they've sold off the entire franchise just to keep him. So, yes, he stays there. Although, if you would have asked me back in October, I would have told you you probably would have gone to Tampa Bay. Now, would they trade him somewhere and then draft Kyler Murray? Mm. Nah, I don't think so. Or think Haskins. So. That doesn't... I kind of feel like Gruden would want to take Haskins more over Kyler Murray. Derek Carr is a poor man's Kirk Cousins. Like he's that is a statement. It, well, he's paid very handsomely, and, and he has not won a playoff game. He's not won a playoff game, and he had one good year where he won twelve games on a great, great team where everything seemed to fall in place. He's an MVP candidate today, or was he was, yeah, yeah. and he was he played a great offensive number. line, right? And he right. put up good numbers, and he was being talked about all over the place. But the rest of his career is very meh. And when you look at the underlying numbers, it's a lot of the same things as Cousins. It's very conservative play. A lot of short passes from him. A lot of fourth quarter comebacks. He does stat have stat padding essentially. Have, I think about the fourth quarter comeback stat all the time and how funny it is. It's like <laughs> you have to be losing in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like, look, this guy was losing all the time this year. <laughs> and then occasionally it this worked guy out. Constantly found himself behind. How about this Arizona Cardinals? Josh Rosen. You don't think they're doing it? You don't think they're gonna Draft I don't know. If I just don't know if they're going to give Cliff, who is an unproven head coach to begin with. You on a first name basis with Cliff? Yeah, we're buds. Um, no, I mean, I just don't think they're going to. Does that give... in effect make you 
friends with Sean McVay too? Yes, they they, they actually put that on my resume without telling me. Friends with Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Yeah. That's how you ended up at ESPN, actually. I mean, you couldn't coach football really, so they were like, "Well, you know Sean McVay, so I'll just cover the." Yeah, Vikings. just just loosely associated with him. <laughs> I don't think they're. I don't know. I mean, I think they're. I think they're going to do it. Do you think they're going to keep Josh Rosen? No, I think they're, they're going to take go Kyler Murray? Murray. Yeah. Man. And Josh I'm, going, Rosen. I'm going Josh Rosen. I think that the that you you hedged the franchise on him last year. You don't necessarily need that number one pick right now. You could trade it potentially. I mean, you can go get your edge rusher. You can do a lot of things with it. And Lord knows they need players. Yes. Yeah. So so get some leverage. Like fix this right now by worrying about next year or worrying about other places in the draft. And you've got your quarterback of the future. You've got your franchise quarterback. I mean. I, I think they do it too, and I think that this is the way they convinced Kyler Murray to play football. Was look, we're going to draft you number one if you fully commit to football. You're going to get a lot of money, and you're going to be the face of our franchise. And we're going to trade away Josh Rosen to the New York Giants, who was the last team on my list to ask you guys about. But I, that's that's my scenario. I think they trade him to the New York Giants, Josh Rosen, and draft. Kyler that's Murray. the only. Tr- that's the only scenario I can see Josh Rosen not being in. Arizona anymore for him to get traded to New York potentially for what did I say earlier third round pick yeah third I, round I think pick they'd back have to go him? higher for Second. someone who was just drafted last year I don't know if he's worth second it. round pick nah, I don't know I honestly don't know if he's worth that all right well this game has been fun who's <laughs> gonna be your quarterback huh that's the game that's the game's name who's gonna <laughs> be your quarterback huh we'll play more as we go through the offseason you're listening to purple daily here on Score North, if you want to chime in the conversation, 651-646-8255. Courtney, I'd like you to <laughs> attempt to tease what's next, if you can. I can. Coming up from 2 to 4 p.m., Score North Live Okay, that's with correct. Matthew Collar. That's correct. I'm getting better at this. Very, you, you gave me a week good. off to kind of go find myself in the mountains, <laughs> and I came back, and I was on point. All right, well done. We will wrap up Purple Daily when we come back here on Score North. Minnesota sports junkie, get your fix. Score North. All right, final segment of Purple Daily. Score North Live begins in 13 minutes with me. So you can just keep listening. See, isn't it so much more awkward when you have to say it yourself oh, instead definitely. of hinting or pointing at me? Be like, go ahead and tease this up. <laughs> definitely. Well, you did a good job last segment of teasing that. So I'm very proud of you. Thank um, you. Jason Fitzgerald at OverTheCap.com has a list of potential cuts at wide receiver. And my eyes are definitely on wide receivers for the Vikings. Um, Bringing in Kendall Wright on a one-year, $1 million deal last offseason did not work out so well, so they might want to go a safer direction. I'm just going to tell you some names, and you tell me if any of these make sense to you for the Vikings. These are guys who could get cut, so they are not currently free agents. Well, one one of them just got cut today. Who's that? Demarius Thomas. Oh, he got cut today. Yeah. Okay, I didn't see that. Okay, well, start there. So with Demarius Thomas. I worry about the Achilles. I just, I worry about it because he came off of that, and that's where, I mean, he's done it on both feet, I believe. Feet, ankle, wherever it is. Foot. Um, foot. Um, he's had it twice now. I think he's a good third option for you. I don't know exactly how much he would cost, though. I mean, because... You know, they saved quite a bit of money. They saved over 14 the, million. 14 million. It's and a great question of whether the Achilles is part of the foot or the leg or is ankle separate. If, we have, any, if we have any physicians out there listening right now. Or is it just its own thing? 
It's just like it's the, a tendon. It's like the bridge between the leg and the foot. I don't think it connect. I don't know really the connectivity. If that's like mm. you don't have an Achilles tendon, Achilles heel. It's in your heel. Oh, okay. oh man! And the heel is part of the foot. Yes. So, there so we it go. is a foot injury. I think you had it right then. Okay. According to Wikipedia, it's a tendon on the back of the leg. Oh, so that says leg. And the thickest in the human body. Didn't, oh, didn't know that. That was Wikipedia that told that. us that. Yeah. Our wow. medical first minute sentence with on the Manny. Achilles tendon. <laughs> The medical <laughs> minute with me. <laughs> I want you to talk about Teddy Bridgewater's knees. Oh, no. That, that would take the whole hour um, trying to explain I don't what know the what hell happened, happened there. to Teddy Bridgewater's <laughs> yeah, knees. Right. There are a few others on here, though, that I, you know, if we, if Demarius Thomas, I'm concerned about the Achilles. So, I mean, I would, I would probably have a little bit of pause on that. I think Deshaun Jackson, as we have talked about, um, is probably the most attractive option among this list of guys that could potentially be. Cap casualties. I'm looking down this. I'm looking at Seth Seth Roberts. Absolutely not. If you think Laquan Treadwell drops balls a lot, (laughs) Seth Roberts is like tenfold. Um, Alan Hearns, maybe. Coming off the really bad injury, though. Pierre Garçon is interesting to me because of the connection with Kirk Cousins. Same with Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, that those two had really good years with Kirk Cousins. And Garçon, if he's got anything left. Now, he has had injuries over the last two years. But he catches the ball, and he's a veteran receiver that would be cheap, and that's yeah, another that's part of this. Cheap, I think, is the is the key word there. He'd be somebody that you could probably get here on a very reasonable, short term, maybe two year deal. Maybe you're spending what, like ten, eleven? Because Deshaun's going to make money, like wherever he goes, someone's I think paying so. Deshaun. I think so. I mean, he was miserable in Tampa. He is still a, a really good wide receiver, though. Yeah. I think. And with Garcon, there's enough questions. And that's the tough thing is when you bring up any of these players, what inevitably happens. So uh, last year he had 41 catches to Sean Jackson for 774 yards, 19 yards of reception last year for Deshaun Jackson. Um, so he could still I mean, those are be similar, a deep threat. Those are similar to his stats that it, everywhere he's been. I mean, that was Washington. Yeah, he's he's a deep threat, and he's as good as it gets at doing that. But that's the problem is that with the Vikings pressed up against the cap, there aren't many players who they can get where you could just throw down a bunch of cash. The best of the best free agents are going to be really tough to get, so you have to end up with someone that brings along some sort of risk, whether it's Michael Crabtree has bounced from team to team and you wonder about him and Pierre Garçon has the injuries. Danny Amendola is on this list. I don't know if he interests you at all. And uh, Nelson Aguilar. These are all guys who could get cut. They could become free agents. I think you're looking at later in your prime type guys, which is probably what you want for a number three from a number three receiver anyways, right? Well, not. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, from a you want from a best case scenario, yeah, yeah, of course. Yes. But I mean, from a worst case, best case scenario, and realistic options yes. for what the Vikings have right now, I think you are probably looking at somebody like Michael Crabtree, who's been on. You know, what is he on now? This would be this would be his third team, fourth team. It would be his fourth, fourth team. Would be his next. Yeah. So I mean, that to me is you know. You're looking at guys who are probably like right past their prime, maybe on their, you know, a couple more years left in the NFL that still can, you know, take pressure off of Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and what the Vikings want to draw up. I mean, but you're also factoring in where Dalvin Cook goes into this, too, in my opinion, when you're taking a look at, you know, the weapons that Kirk's going to have next year. Who's do you really need a true number three? Like, yes. if you, I, I agree. I think you do, think you do yeah. because this team has tried to get away with it for far too long of not having a true number three. Um it's going to be interesting to see because, I mean, you still have, you know, you still have to factor in, you know, what they're going to do with Aldrick Robinson. I, I don't think it's... Do I you? 
I think I mean, so. do you factor that in? I, I think he's just a guy. He's a guy, but he's a guy who, you know, was good for something. One thing. He's a one-trick pony here, but he was good for one very important reason for Kirk as, as having his deep threat. I look at wide receiver three and tight end two as, like, sort of upper echelon NFL positions. of Like, these are important. Sure. If you have a number two tight end who can catch and a number three that comes out of the slot— uh, when Kirk was in Washington, they had Jameson Crowder coming out of the slot all the time, and he was valuable for them. And having now they mixed in Diggs and especially Thielen into the slot. So Thielen is really their slot receiver. So having another guy, I mean, this opens you up to you don't just need slot receivers. You could have Torrey Smith as an outside receiver. He's on that list of guys who could eventually get cut here because of their salaries. It gives you more options because there are more guys with that outside experience. But I agree with you that if you're looking for somebody, it's going to have to be a veteran. And I think it's really important. I, Aldrick Robinson can come back or not come back. That makes no difference to me. It's, it's not going to hurt you against the cap. Sure. But, yeah. I think you need someone way better than that. So though. so by that logic, then, are you completely ruling them out that they're going to be in the Golden Tate sweepstakes at all? Uh, no, I wouldn't completely rule that out, but I think we it's have gonna to come, know... It's going to come with a price, and right. I, I don't know if that price is really worth it. Well, I'll tell you why I wouldn't rule it out is because they chased Alshon Jeffrey. They chased the biggest receiver on the market two years ago, and they had Thielen and Diggs at that time and still looked for another weapon for whoever was going to be the quarterback, probably Sam Bradford, I guess we thought at the time. So I would say, yeah, that they would be willing to put in some sort of offer for Tate, but... You've got to find the other space. That means probably not bringing back Anthony Barr or Sheldon Richardson and cutting Everson Griffin because it's going to cost a lot of money for Golden Tate. But he's the perfect guy, like a playmaker where the quarterback doesn't have to do a whole lot to get yardage because you just get him the football. Yeah, Zim loves him too. I mean, if we've we talked about a day after he got cut when the Vikings were going into that week to play the Lions in Week Nine. I mean, he's your yak monster, the yes. term that everybody loves, and I think that he'd be worth it. If we're going on the argument that instead of spending on the offensive line, instead of finding, you know, build, I mean, you can still build through the draft that way, but it would just prohibit you from what you could do in free agency, which as of right now, they still kind of are playing with a, tie, a hand tied behind their back. But it might not be the worst thing to do to invest in another option, another, you know, find a, tr- a, a true number three, but somebody who could also play a number of different roles, whether you're playing outside in the slot, moving around. I mean, I don't think it's a bad, bad investment at all. Purple Daily, if you missed any of the show, you can go back and find it on iTunes. Um, Purple Podcast also on iTunes, where we do separate episodes, sometimes with our friend Sage Rosenfels and other guests. So make sure you check that out wherever you get podcasts. Courtney will be back next Tuesday. And then the week after that, it is Combine. We'll have a lot for you on Purple Daily and on Score North Live. So we will talk to you then. Courtney, What's coming up next here on the station? Coming up next, Score North Live with Matthew Collar. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, 
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.